millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi guys, just checking in before the episode begins to say the very, very exciting news that next week is our 100 Movie Mondays episode. And so we were thinking that we don't know what to do with it, you know what I mean? Sean is out of ideas. He's just, he's an idea yeah, vacuum. Not, not out of ideas. Mm. I had an idea that we just do all of the shows again, but never tell anyone. We just start from episode one. And remake the shows with old news. Oh. Connor vetoed that shit right away. <laughs> That'd be really good. Jared Leto cast as the Joker. Holy shit. <laughs> New Mutants coming out soon. Can't wait for that one. That's every week. Um, every week, that's why. We're putting this in just to say, if you have any Q&A questions, if you want to throw them in for next week, have them thrown in. I think next week will be a bit of a fun, bit of a chat. All that's good stuff. Um, it's just going to be the 100 episode. Spectacular, as you will. It's not going to be that spectacular. It's going it's to be like me- it's going to be full of wonder. But the hu- the 100 on. episode mediocre is what we're going to call it. And <laughs> that's exactly what we're calling it. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. Uh, so yeah, that was just throwing in there. If you have any qu- questions, queries, any ideas at all, send them into the email. Everything's in the description down below or by Twitter, Instagram. You know where to find us. Um, so yeah. Go on and listen to the show and listen to our nonsense. Enjoy. What is going on, everybody? My name is Cutter Lawler. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We're back again, talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Meehan. Sean, how is it going? I am feeling great, Connor. Mm. You're coming in very clear there, Sean. What's up? Very clear. I've taken some vocal lessons, you know. I I thought, why not make my voice the best podcast voice it can be, you (laughs) know? We uh, will reveal that Sean has bought a new mic. So, if he sounds like he's in a letterbox or crisp, that is the reason why. It's definitely crisp. When has my microphone ever let us down? (laughs) Okay, do you want me to make a list or do you want me to just no, keep going? No, I want you to move on. <laughs> move what on. is Movie Mondays? <laughs> so as I said, we are here to discuss all the week's movie news. Um, obviously, Global Bastards going on. Movies are still dribbling out at the minute. We have Tenet, we've got New Mutants and now Mulan. But it's mostly just Tenet. I went to my local cinema, or I seen my local cinema's, <laughs> cinema's uh, screen times, and it was, I think it was 10 screens all showing Tenet all day. So Good. It, I don't think you could miss it. I don't think you could be late, if anything. That's what Nolan wants. <laughs> There's never another movie. New Mutants is there like, we're out too, guys. Yeah, but we don't want you. No, nobody wants that. We don't want you, New Mutants. Um, And so there was a big trailer out this week for everyone's favourite superhero, James Bond. But we will not start with that shot, because I know that'll excite you too much. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that trailer in particular. What we are going to start with is actually something that... 
it's not often we have stories here that have merit <laughs> or like you know <laughs> you know what I mean just like actual important things okay <laughs> movies as we've discussed many a time it's all bollocks who cares but oh yeah it means nothing means nothing overall but like I like that movie you don't like fuck you let's kill each other no it doesn't no, matter. let's not do that, please. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But this week we are starting with a very interesting interview with GQ magazine that came out this week. And this is from one John Boyega. Um, no, you probably know him, Sean. He starred in the Star Wars movies. And in this said interview, I think this is the first time he's been able to maybe let it all off his chest. We've He's been letting things off his chest slowly since the release of episode 9 in December but I think now is just straight up he doesn't give a fuck and so he's just going to say it how he feels yeah I feel like at the minute the the vibe I'm getting is he doesn't care if he ever works with Disney or Lucasfilm ever again no and and also he doesn't really want to no and that is interesting because Disney owed all of every movie ever these days they like have a serious monopoly but it does take a lot of balls to be like no that's fucked up because we've all seen it every actor and actress give an interview and they go it was a pleasure to work on the set it was just great I couldn't once pick out one negative. It was just amazing. Yeah, it's all good all the time. Yeah, and so John Boyega, of course, Star Wars Episode 9 and 8 and 7. They, that trilogy, it's not held in the highest regard by uh, cinema goers. Maybe some people are out there who like it, but a lot of people That's say, fine. That's fine. Yeah, a lot of people who see 7, quite good, other two also came out. And so, (laughs) John Boyega has slammed Disney's treatment of race in Star Wars, first of all. He has many things that he got off his chest, and we will go through them. But first of all, he slammed the race issue in Star Wars. And his big big comment was just in regards to himself, Kelly Marie Tran, just a lot of people that aren't, um, they're not Rey or Kylo who were kind of moved to the side to be like, okay, get out of the way now, we have to concentrate on these two. What do you feel about this? I will read his exact quote now in a second, but do you feel like he's on the right lines here? Like, it's definitely, it's something that definitely needs to be said. And Mm. I don't think, I, I think people have been saying it in the past, but to have such a, you know, the... Uh, he was, to you could argue, the face of the franchise in certain aspects. Like, he was in a lot of the marketing material specifically for The Force Awakens. And so to have someone that uh, prevalent in the story come out and say, no, this is the way it is and it's wrong, I think that's something we've not seen before, if you get me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and okay, I'm going to read his exact quote because I think the... My favourite thing about John Boyega is the fact that he just says it exactly how he feels. You can tell yeah, no that he means it. Which I think gives a lot more merit to words. Because a lot of people will give these things and they'll just say things because they feel like it's right. Whereas if you actually just truly believe in your soul, like, this is how I feel, it comes across to me even as a viewer or as a reader. And so... Um, his main complaint was, just in regard to that nobody understands his experience with Star Wars like nobody understands the uproar the death threats he got sent just because that picture came out of him as a stormtrooper and people said they weren't going to see the movie because he was a stormtrooper and then he said um, just in regards to him Oscar Isaac, Kelly Marie Tran um, what I would say to Disney is do not bring out a black character market them to be much more important in the franchise than they are and then have them pushed to the side it's not good I'll say it straight up um, he also says like you guys knew what to do with Daisy Ridley you knew what to do with Adam Driver you knew what to do with these other people but when it came to Kelly Marie Tran and myself you know fuck all so what do you want me to say when they wa- what they want you to say is, I enjoyed being a part of it. It was a great experience. Nah, nah, nah. I'll take that deal when it's a great experience. They gave all the nuance to Adam Driver, all the nuance to Daisy Ridley. Let's be honest. Daisy knows this. Adam knows this. Everybody knows. I'm not exposing anything by saying this, was his first quote. 
that oh like what a start first of all <laughs> I think that says a lot what do you think Sean? do you feel he's uh, he's maybe saying a bit of the truth there I, I, I think every I think this interview he's just like I'm just I'm just gonna say it all mm. and fuck it yeah <laughs> and he's he's entirely right like if you look at those movies who gets any notes of such past The Force Awakens which I think uh, again, it's as he says, it set him up to be more than he actually ended up being. But past those two movies, who actually gets any nuance to the character or subtlety? Everyone after that point is kind of just a trope. Yeah, everybody is just revolving around Ray and Kylo. And that's fair enough. But if you have a cast that is that big and that talented, you might as well use the Wilder there. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a beautiful moment where uh, someone on Twitter tweeted John Boyega about this and was like, oh, and if you're talking about characters who uh, never, who were set up to be more than they ended up being, uh, you should talk to um, uh, Benicio Del Toro. And John Boyega is like, you just proved my point. That's a non-white actor that was set up to be more than they were because they didn't know what to do with him. <laughs> also, for the whole second one of the trilogy, is he not asleep? For like a no, he starts it in a coma. And he then, starts then it he, in a coma, and then his plot is, of course, the amazing plot in the cash machine or the in the casino. And I remember at the end of eight, everyone was like, "Oh well, yeah, his story wasn't great." But they'll come back for nine. Like, sometimes in a trilogy, maybe one movie's a bit lacking, they're concentrating on Ray. that's fair enough. But in nine, they didn't actually go back at all. No, no, they just... They, 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 it's like they course-corrected out of any character-driven moments in that. Because you had... And a lot of people's problem with uh, Eight was that they set up a relationship between Finn and Rose Tico. And then that is just yeeted out the window in nine. Like, it's never addressed. <laughs> well, she gets 37 seconds of screen time shot. Now, what That's I would true. say Oh, is, yeah, they didn't have the time to expand upon <laughs> her character. From, from my personal experience, I didn't like them as a couple. Just in terms... I didn't feel like they had romantic chemistry. I seen them as, like, maybe friends, but I didn't see a romantic chemistry between the two actors, which is fair enough from, like... That's my opinion. But yeah. to then give her 37 seconds in episode 9, it seems like you could have maybe given her... I would even have taken 5 minutes. Just give 10. Just 10 minutes of just some lines. Yeah, like, considering she was such a key part of the 8th movie, to have 37 seconds in the ninth movie mm. seems um, weird. What if Lando Calrissian had, like... After Empire had just been 37 seconds. Because that's the, that's the level of involvement we're talking. Like she can't, he, he comes in in episode 6. Well done, guys. <laughs> Big thumbs up to the camera. Yeah. <laughs> or he's just, like, he's just like, here's those documents you asked for, and then leaves, and we never see him again. Harrison Ford's like, where'd that guy go? <laughs> I, really miss, I really miss Lando. Um, Probably off being cool somewhere. He's just being cool. <laughs> um, he also discussed um, another problem that a lot of the people have with, say, episode 9 in particular, is J.J. Abrams. Maybe he came in, maybe he's a bit bland, maybe he's a bit vanilla for everyone. But John Boyega has came out, come out to defend J.J. Abrams, which I think, I'm sure they're probably friends or they get on, so that's understandable. Yeah. But he has gone to bat for J.J. in this interview regarding the rise of Skywalker. Um, and he says, everybody needs to leave my boy alone. He wasn't even supposed to come back and try to save your shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah that, that's a fair point and I never considered that but I was just like he's just like he wasn't even meant to do it he came back to try and save the shit because they didn't know what they were fuck they were doing and now that he says that I'm kind of like okay we were all kind of world very harsh on JJ I mean JJ is he's not great at sequels that, that he does have a track record but yes. in this particular case I don't think it was him that was the issue no and I also think that you know, it, it, a lot of uh, the complaints people had about The Last Jedi 
uh, or is that the most recent? See, I can't even tell the difference. The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, people were saying like, oh, the if they had just planned this out from the start. And I think that was people's main problem with it. Not that J.J. Abrams directed a subpar third installment of a trilogy. It was that there was no trilogy to start with. They just winged it. And I think if you're going to do a trilogy at the scale... You can do a trilogy in college if you just want to write it one by one. Oh, no, yeah. Like, if you're in school and like you write a trilogy of like short stories or essays, make them up as you go along. But most of the time, if you have $700 million, I would write maybe just bullet point it. Bullet point what you want to hit in the tree. Yeah, like we talked about this uh, at length numerous times, but just like have your overall arc and then have the arcs for the three separate films mm. and then get get then get everything in between those those plot points like that is how to make a cohesive trilogy but it doesn't have it now what he ha- what um Baiga does say in the interview is he also describes his part in Star Wars as obviously an amazing opportunity and a stepping stone before he prefaces a lot of these comments by saying like it was an amazing opportunity but that doesn't mean it was not without its flaws like it's allowed no. to be an ama- like an amazing opportunity and there's a big moment like even if, if something in the world say those people who are working for Ellen like Ellen's in a lot of shit at the minute in worldwide and there's a lot of people giving out just people who work behind the scenes but if you're in LA and you're like oh I got a job writing for Ellen and everyone's like that's an amazing opportunity it's not so great backstage but you can't really complain because it's an amazing opportunity kind of like you're you're not in that you know you don't have grounds to complain once you're in the door I don't I don't think that's the case I think you can be in a great a great opportunity for you professionally but personally it's not good for you yeah, and I, like I don't even think it's that. Oh, you you can't complain because you're in the situation. I think you just you you outweigh you weigh up the positives and negatives when you're in that situation, mm. uh, and that doesn't mean it's right or wrong, but you decide if this is if this is for you or not. Um, and I I he is in the interview. I think prefacing everything with oh, and it's a great it was a great opportunity. It's it it's kind of setting the stage for any other actors who feel this way. It is perfectly all right to say no. This is a real like this is huge for the career, but mm. you know morally and just you know socially, it's it there's it could be improved on. Yeah, and I think that's actually probably a good reflection on them as an actor or an actress. Like if you do, uh, it would be very easy for him to say finish this. And then just move off, take the money and go. But hes you can tell he's annoyed that it wasn't better. In a weird way. Like, he's like, I would have preferred if it was really good. Like, and then there would be no issues and I wouldn't have any problems. But it was kind of not received that well. And I have some personal experiences why I think it was that. Yeah, and you can... You, you, you can kind of see that, like, maybe he's talking to the next... You know, what What age was he when he started in The Force Awakens? Was he like 21 or 22? I, I think he was maybe early 20s. I'm, I'm sure he's about 30 now. So... Yeah. May, may, no, maybe 24. Maybe something around then. Yeah, but like a new, he's talking to maybe the next young actor. Who, and it's like... Just... I, I don't know. Like, they shouldn't have to go through getting death threats for getting apart and then (laughs) it not turn out to be anything in the end. Let's just all be nicer to each other. Um, Yeah, and that's on us as well. (laughs) Yeah, and and so I just just wanted to um, bring this interview up. If you want to read the full interview, you can go over to GQ. They have a video of it on YouTube as well, if you want to check that out. But it's just, I would recommend watching or reading the full interview before even say, a lot of people on Twitter were immediately attacking him, and they'd only say read a bullet point, or whatever, yeah. he was just kind of like, read the whole thing like, in context it looks a lot better, but obviously in in headlines they're going to try and make it seem more slanderous and stuff Yeah, um, they're going to make everything as clickable as possible. Exactly, and so I just wanted to touch on that, uh, John Boyega keep being you, I, I, don't, I love when John Boyega just says exactly how it is 
Yeah, yeah, I like him. I think he's cool. Um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And I have good news, Sean. I know you love the Alien franchise. You've told me many times. I think I like a fifth or a, a sixth <laughs> of the Alien franchise. Okay, there's Alien and Aliens, both quite good. good. Um, I I don't mind Prometheus in a very loose way. Like he's not, you know he's what, not, I also don't mind Prometheus. I'll, yeah. I'll let Prometheus have a pass. Okay. And the rest of them not great. So that's 50. Well, about, yeah, around that. Yeah, but then you get the games involved. And oh, the yeah, games true. Are mostly shit. But Ridley Scott has now confirmed that he's working on a new alien movie, Sean. Oh, Jesus. Yes! We're back! Is this one of those weeks where I just get angrier and angrier until we end up talking about a James Bond trailer and I flip? Oh, he's kind of seen the pattern I'm going with. Ah, there we go. Does anyone want a new aliens movie? I'm alien- sure people do. I think a lot of people love Alien. I think the Alien franchise has a lot of fans, and I can understand it. Alien Covenant was not very good, I will say. No. Yeah, I'd be interested which side of uh, the Alien's timeline they ma- he makes it. Because mm. if it's like the prequel Prometheus Covenant uh, stuff, th- that's that's not that's not fun. But if it's the, you know, the Alien, if it's... What if it follows on directly from uh, Aliens 3? Is that the most recent Aliens? Aliens? In that timeline? Oh, um, no, there's four, I think. No, there's three. Sorry. No, there is three, there's, I think. Yeah. There's three, and then there's three prequels. <laughs> Isn't that and then, it? and then there's Alien vs. Predator. I'm getting... We're either mixing one, or we're getting mixed up, because there's just so much crossover. That's true, but what if this new one that he's working on crosses over with the new The Predator? Oh, the Predator movie that you hate. Yes, <laughs> and but it, it's becoming now that I have a weird soft spot for it because I hate it so much, and I'm not a fan of that shit at all. Yeah, no, it's just you're like ah, look, fair play to them. It's, it's a so lovable bad. scamp of a movie. <laughs> Um, so Ridley Scott was speaking to Forbes last week and he confirmed that he's working on another Alien sequel um, though he seemingly remains doubtful about what approach to take with the property going forward he said that's in process we went down a route to try and reinvent the wheel with Prometheus and Covenant whether or not we go directly back to that is doubtful because Prometheus woke it up very well but you know you're asking fundamental questions like has the alien himself the face hugger, the chest burster, have they all run out of steam? Do you have to rethink the whole bloody thing and simply use the word to franchise? That's always the fundamental question. So to me, that comes across like he hasn't decided whether he wants to do prequel or sequel. Um, you, but the good thing about that world is you could just pick any point in time and just go to it. Absolutely, like, and there's enough... Uh in that universe that even you can do a story I know it's about an alien but you can do a story without aliens in that universe and I'm sure you could come up with something I think Blade Mm. Runner is set in the same universe are they? I think so the Whalen Corporation is like throughout now unless that's just an easter egg kind of a thing but it's throughout both of them Mm. Um, but it's interesting the way he phrases it because it almost sounds like someone is telling him to make an alien movie. <laughs> but I think that's they want him to make another one because that's a that's their big name. Like they're always trying to get a, an alien movie either into production or coming out. And so Ridley Scott is kind of I think he was very excited at Prometheus level, but because of Covenant's poor reaction, I think that kind of waned it a little bit. But now. If they said you free reign, you don't have to do the, the the trilogy you wanted to do with Prometheus and Covenant and then the next one. You just get to choose where you want to go. I don't know if... Do you, would you rather they just finish it out? Just finish out the trilogy just to let it make sense? Maybe. I, I suppose, like, just in terms of uh, narrative, having that finished would be good. Because it means that that story is done, we can move on to other things. I personally have no interest in seeing it. I've been out of it for too long mm. and I've no interest in catching up. Um, but, like, I love space movies. I think space movies are fun. And I think that's why I like Prometheus, I think, because it's a weird fucking alien planet. And I know the other ones are alien planets as well, but they're less interesting. 
And it's got a guy getting burnt to death with a flamethrower. I'm all about that. that. That's great. That, it's got <laughs> Michael Fassbender just putting his finger in a guy's drink. <laughs> and then the guy has a weird thing in his eye. This is all the same guy. <laughs> it's all the same guy. He's had a bad day. He's had a real bad day. Um, but it also has that terrible scene where... I think the main thing that happened with Alien Covenant and Prometheus is that for the people to die, they have to be really dumb. And in Prometheus, the guy who maps out the caves gets lost in the caves and then dies... And then in Covenant, it's just a bunch of couples who all land on this planet and are suddenly like, oh, it's probably safe to breathe, no need for masks, don't worry about it. And yeah, then just take alien- the word of an android on that. <laughs> and even if it was safe to breathe, that doesn't mean there isn't shit in the air, which there is, which is the alien fucking gloop. That's <laughs> yeah. in the air, and it as goes as referred to in the movie. Uh, glue. As I think that's in the actual the DVD release booklet, but um, it goes up one of their noses. The whole thing starts all over again. I would just say if you made an alien movie where everybody acts like a normal human being, like smart, these are all meant to be scientists. I think it makes it better. Um, Covenant would be made better by people acting smarter, but that's the problem with a lot of horror movies. Maybe the Alien franchise has kind of passed us by. I think Alien and Aliens is so good. And to do a prequel on a monster that is made a lot better by mystery, I would say. Yeah. It's um, like, if you had told me that uh, A Quiet Place was in the Alien universe, I would believe that. Because it's this, you know, it's the unknown. The kind of, they're kind of stalkers. And it it's... The suspense is what makes the movie, really. Mm. Like, the the elevator pitch for Alien was Jaws in space. You know? So it's all about building suspense. And I think if they announce in the morning, and this is me just being an absolute fanboy, if they announce in the morning, oh, John Krasinski is writing an Alien movie, I would be on board. Oh, you just piqued my interest. Just saying yeah. that. I was just like, interesting. Oh, shit. But yeah, Ridley John- Scott writing it does not interest me. No. I think Ridley Scott is also done with it. Like, I'm getting the vibe that he's just like, yeah, all right, I don't really mind. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And I thought Tom Cruise news was the way to go. But not just Connor. Tom Not just Tommy Cruise ship. Tommy Cruise ship on a cruise ship. Tom Cruise rents out a cruise ship to avoid delays in Mission Impossible 7. <laughs> What? Is this to is this so he can socially distance or something? Yes. For God's sake. Are they all just living on the cruise ship together then? So the they are we are reporting that Tom Cruise has forked out nearly six hundred thousand dollars to rent out a cruise ship in Norway for the cast and crew of Mission Impossible Seven. The movie is one of precious few productions that has been allowed to resume during the pandemic. Indeed, the reason for the cruise ship is so that the cast and crew of the movie can stay separated from the rest of the population and operate in a pod system. Production only resumed in August, having been suspended in February, obviously due to the lockdown. So Tom Cruise hired out a cruise ship for the whole cast and crew of Mission Impossible 7, so they're all in it together. This is exactly what's going to happen when, like... You know, the end times come. Is all the rich people are going <laughs> to hop onto a boat and just fuck right off. Or it'll be a rocket and they'll end up on Mars. And the rest of us will be here being like, oh, I just wanted to see Mission Impossible 12. But I only have one question, Sean. What do you think it'd be like being trapped on a cruise ship with Tom Cruise? You are trapped. Like, that's the thing. Is because, and I, not, That's the start of a them. horror. It's the start no. of a horror movie. None of them signed up for this, is the thing. And I don't think everyone signed off on it either. I don't think everyone has been asked, hey, do you want to do this? I think mm. Tom Cruise got the boat and said, we're doing this. He drove up down there to the house. Even if they were on land, he drove up to them on the boat. <laughs> hey, get on. Just screeching along the tarmac. <laughs> no, he's got jetpacks. There's jetpacks on the boat. I didn't oh, say jetpacks, it, but of course. yeah. It turns into a motorbike, a cool Harley, just so he's cool. Like, how it, how long does he have it rented for, do you think? Um, it doesn't say, but it, I mean, if they have to put it all, put everybody in it, maybe a month. I mean, being Jesus. trapped on a cruise ship for a month. 
with Tom Cruise. Yeah. You do? Would you do it for the story? Or, because he sounds exhausting to be around. <laughs> he's just so, he's the guy at breakfast who's just happy to be there. You know what I mean? And you're just like eating your cereal like Tom. It's not even seven o'clock. I know we have a 20, 12 hour shooting day, I know, but I just really want to eat my Cocoa Pops in he just, peace. Oh, he's going to put a little chef's hat on and make <laughs> eggs for everyone. Yeah, every single day. Yeah, and there's going to be breakfast songs. He'll, oh, he's going to remind me of the of the wife in Umbrella Academy, the robot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just perfect. Oh man, yeah, I just read that and I was like, that's such a small story, but Sean needs to know that they're on a cruise ship. Tommy the cruise ship is on a cruise ship, going and around the how, world. How, just roughly, how do you sink a ship? Just there's out, there's out an curiosity. intern. There's an intern that got signed up for Mission Impossible 7 and was really excited. Like, you you went out with college and you're just straight out and you're like, oh, you're like, you're the best boy. Or you're the, I don't know, you're the assistant of the assistant of somebody on this set. Yeah, you're, you're the clapper loader. Like, yeah, it's... and you're just like, yes. And then you get on, you're like, I'm stuck on a ship with Tom Cruise <laughs> and 400 other people. Oh, it, off, offshore of a foreign country. <laughs> They're going around Norway. That's cold as well, man. We're coming into winter. <laughs> Tom Cruise walking around in shorts and a t-shirt. He's got oh, a Hawaii yeah. t-shirt on at all times. Oh, Zenu will warm him. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to move on. I just... Any story that has Tom Cruise just doing weird Tom Cruise things, like going to space or something. I think this man's life, it's just... It's something to behold. I, I, I somehow feel Tom Cruise just hasn't been affected at all by <laughs> the pandemic. I think he's no. just he's he's just winging it. He's Grant. Like there's a lot of people say with Pattinson, um, they had to put down, they shut down the Batman production. We they we had learned to put about him down. They had to pull him down. Said no more Batman for you. We only have one trailer. <laughs> <laughs> no, they um, they had to shut down the Batman production last week, or um, and then you have The Rock who's coming out doing videos saying that he's also at home with his family isolating. But I feel like Tom Cruise is just he's indestructible. Like nothing can harm him. No, I like, and I mean, maybe it's working. Or may, do you think he's had it and he's just styled it out? He, just, well, but to be fair as well, he doesn't breathe or excrete moisture, so he's no, Grant. He doesn't. He doesn't do anything. He he doesn't need anything. It's fine. He just he lives. Off, he photosynthesizes. He he lives off the sun. Um, okay, we're moving on to our next piece of news, and this is the news of Taika Waititi is best known for his work on Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit, Sean. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, Yeah, the the man from Hunt for the Wilder People. That's the one, yes. And he is currently crafting a new Star Wars movie for Disney and Lucasfilm. Do you remember us covering this? I do remember this. Do we have more details on it? Well, details surrounding the project remain entirely mysterious. But if we're willing to read perhaps too much into some recent comments made by Mr. Jeff Goldblum, we can <gasps> speculate that maybe Goldblum might just be talking about joining Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie. Okay, Jeff Goldblum and Taika Waititi work together on Thor Ragnarok. Mm. Uh, they have similar energy, so I think they get on pretty well. Mm. And what? Okay, Connor, this is not going to make any sense at all to you. All right, mm. but anyone who's a big Star Wars fan, uh, I want you. I want you to tweet Connor if this excites you. Okay, uh, so Jeff Goldblum as Grand Admiral Thrawn. Okay, who who is Grand Admiral Thrawn? He he's a blue, like <laughs> Grand Admiral, uh, for the for the army, and he's the best character. He's class. He's ruthless, but he's also pretty good. Ah. I, I'll do, I was going to say I'll do a hero zero on Admiral Thrawn one day, but, but does no, he have the gold bloom? Does he have the gold bloom eccentricities? Maybe? No, that's no. the thing. So, so gold bloom's playing it straight. Gold bloom's playing it straight, man. <laughs> gold bloom's playing the straight, man. How is that possible? I just, I think, I think it could work, and I also don't think it'll happen at all. I think 
if Jeff Goldblum is anyone, he'll probably be a weird alien, but it just looks like a human, kind of oh, like no, the Grand I, I want to see. I want Goldblum as a Jedi, like as a Jedi knight. Oh my god! <laughs> or as a Sith? <laughs> oh, as a Sith! <laughs> like Luke Skywalker turns up and it's just Goldblum, just being Goldblum, just like I am not reading the vibe in this room at all. <laughs> Maybe Goldblum is. I think he might have gone too far that he'll only be Goldblum now. I think that's his rule. Yeah, but I think him as a villain. I think he just replicates what he did for Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, but see, even in Thor Ragnarok, he was a villain and he was a monster, but he was kind of like likable because he was yeah, he Jeff did- Goldblum. Yeah, he didn't call the people slaves. He called them the the forced workers or something. Yeah, <laughs> little things like that, but. What if he was actually, like, a terrifying villain? <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, serial killer. I just Maybe I'm asking too much or thinking too little of the man. Who knows? Yeah. I just think Taika Waititi and Jeff Goldblum doing a Star Wars movie is enough to get me excited for Star Wars. Is this what'll do it for you? Like, it won't be... Have you seen The Mandalorian? Uh, I've seen bits of The Mandalorian. I haven't seen it all. Well, I think you'd like the whole thing. Okay, I sh- I should watch it. I should finally something to watch on Disney Plus, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, I've been watching too much Recess. Not enough to add the Mighty Ducks. After that, oh, I was proud done. Family? John. Proud families on there. Unreal. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't see that. Oh, it's very good. <laughs> oh, very, okay. Um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news, and that is actually Disney Plus related, Sean. Because interesting, Mulan was set to have its $30 purchase fee for from Disney Plus when all this was going on. And now they have released Mulan in cinemas. It has a theatrical release. And the schedule release has kind of confused everything because Disney Plus have now come out and said that Mulan will be free for Disney Plus subscribers from December 4th. Strange. Yes. What do you Very think about strange. this weird tactic? It wasn't just a way to get... No, maybe they were genuinely intending to do it, but it did get a lot of publicity for Mulan. Like, you know, it was out of anger that people were reporting about it a lot of the time. Mm. But people still were like, oh, Mulan's coming out, you know? And look, any publicity is good publicity. Exactly. Like, I'm sure some people would have seen those articles and go, oh, I'd, I'd see Mulan. And now... Uh, it's coming out. Uh, it's coming out in theaters. You say at the minute. It's co- it is in theaters. Um, I think uh, it's in the Asian market at the minute. Right. Okay. And then, like December fourth. December is a good time for that kind of movie. I think. Mm. I think it's a very. Do, it's do you fam- think though that people will be a lot less likely to pay thirty dollars for to watch it now when they could just wait two months and it'll come out anyway? Oh, sorry, they're still doing it for $30 as well. At the, at the minute, yes. Right, okay. No, I wouldn't pay that. And I also <laughs> wouldn't go... I'm not I'm not so, like, dying to see Mulan that I'll either go to the cinema or pay 30 quid. If it's free in December, I can wait till December. Yeah, like, that, that's the, the big thing was they said, okay, it's coming out for $30 on Disney+, Plus because it's not going to the cinemas. And then this, now it is going into the cinemas... And so they're like, okay, it'll go to free on Disney+, Plus, but not until December 4th. So some people, if you buy it on December 1st, you have to pay $30, but wait, wait until December 4th and it will be free. Oh yeah, and those stories will come out as well. Like if, you know, people who just haven't, you know, who don't do a movie review podcast mm. and don't keep up on this stuff. And it's going to catch people out and that's going to suck. But I don't see them getting their 30 quid back off of Disney. <laughs> I think this whole marketing strategy is just a bit weird. Like, I think they've, they're kind of changing it on the fly as it goes along, but I think you probably need to stick with one and just go with it. Like, if you're going to release on Disney Plus for $30, I think they probably should have done with that. But the, I think the idea of releasing this movie in cinemas, they were like, there's a lot of money on the table if we don't release it, even if there's a chance. Yeah, and I think, like, every the whole world is in kind of a make it up as you go along kind of scenario at the mm. minute. So I don't I don't hold that against them. Um I I 
I don't even know what the end of that sentence is. I just, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think kind of flying by the seat of your pants is unforgivable given the current situation. But I also mm. don't think I'd pay thirty quid for Mulan when it comes out in December. No, I don't think so either. Um, so we're going to move on now to. Uh, hearsay and rumour, Sean, but not really, uh, because oh. John Jonathan Cena, um, the man that nobody can see, uh, he this week started fanning some pl- flames of some some rumours that are going around in regards to the Spider-Man movie that is upcoming. Oh, so someone put out the idea and a bit of fan art of Mr. Jonathan C. Nation as Sandman. And they, he this week put out on his Instagram, he just fanned the flames, he put out, he posted an image of the character on his own Instagram page with no context whatsoever. I now, hear what I will, What I will say is that John Cena is an absolute nightmare for this. He will constantly post shit just to annoy people, like, just, uh, just, um, I don't know, teasers non-stop about things that are happening or what he's about to do. Um... But he is also known as maybe a guy who will put stuff out just because he thinks it's funny. So we don't know what this one is. But there, if there's a rumor going around, he is Sandman. And then without any context, he put up a picture of Sandman on his Instagram page to millions of people. There is a chance that John Cena could be playing Sandman. <laughs> yeah. Now, it, it, for the new Spider-Man movie coming up. Uh, yeah, the next one. Okay, do they dare put Sandman in Spider-Man 3 again? Oh, I think the idea that they put Sandman in, and then maybe, is James Franco around? Do we need a bit of amnesia? Did someone Feige, amnesia? Ke- Kevin Feige, come here. Can we get Franco back in? <laughs> is Franco back in? Can he remember stuff? No? Get him fucking back in. Hit oh, his head off something. We don't have a Harry Osborne yet. <laughs> I love the pie. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so good. good. <laughs> <laughs> creepy smile oh that's so I think Franco back in I think replace Tommy Holland with Franco do you know what you do do you know how you, met, you get Franco back in Franco mm. is Green Goblin Franco Ooh. is Norman Osborn yeah as he's now become that and he has a son he's just oh. aged up into it yeah I think I, I think the only thing this movie needs is more villains the only the problem Spider-Man yeah. movies have is they don't have enough Villains. Not all the bad ones. They don't have enough villains. Oh, Vulture. Shit villain. (laughs) Shit one. Mysterio. Worst portrayal I've ever seen. (laughs) Amazing Spider-Man 2. You had Rhino. You had Electro. You had um, Green Goblin. Lizard. No, Lizard was in the first one. Green Goblin. That was a triple threat of villains. Best Spider-Man movie ever. Spider-Man 3. You had Sandman. Green Goblin. Venom. Another triple threat. This movie needs more villains. Uh, like, yeah, Spider-Man himself was a villain in Spider-Man 3 for a bit. <laughs> True. I think he was a villain once he done that haircut and started dancing. Ah, look, it's not the worst scene in the world. Um, what do you think of John Cena as Sandman? I don't mind him as like a Flint Marco. Um, mm. He was pretty good in Bumblebee, wasn't he? Um, he was good in Bumblebee. I think I can see him in the green top. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing as well. And he, like, clearly he has the build for it as well. Um, mm. And I, I, honestly, if you push me, I'd be hard-pressed to think of anyone else. Do you know, now that it's been said, I think he's a perfectly fine choice for it. What about the idea that John Cena plays Sandman in a Sony-led villain anti-hero nah. movie? See, what you've done there, Connor, is you've yeah. fucked the whole thing. Well, I'm, look, I'm just throwing out what somebody else in a boardroom has already thrown out. I like the idea of uh, Tom Holland seeing Sandman and thinking it's another one of Mysterio's creations. But then he gets just actually... Go mental. Well, he just gets actually walloped with a pile of sand and he's like, oh, it is real. Great. I mean, shit. <laughs> oh, yes. He only killed three people. He's actually just made of sand. <laughs> Good. I don't think it would work in the Sony-verse. I don't think... Like, I get that they have... I said... I said I, like, I was going to say... Um, 
they have other things, but they literally just have the symbiotes, and that's they it. They have Venom and Morbius. I'll we have haven't you know. seen Morbius yet. Ah, I think that's it. Has the greatest actor in the world playing? Mm. Like he's going to be good. I don't know that man made of sand. Man, sorry, man transformed into Sandman through freak science accident. I don't know how well that plays in the Sony verse. No, you also did a Hero Zero on Sandman, and he's an idiot. He is a bit of a dumbass, yeah. But yeah. like, he's he he also uh, like lived. He's he's how was it? He got his mind transported into his own mind like 10 billion years in the future during the heat death of the universe because like that is true he got minimized to like an atom and he was just there and he was the last thing surviving and he went insane and um, then you couldn't see him anymore such as john cena oh my oh, god it's all coming together he was written originally for john cena <laughs> it's confirmed Back in the 70s, it was all with John Cena. <laughs> it was all John Cena. Um, okay, we do have more Spider-Man news before we get to the James Bond trailer, though, Sean. Yes. And I I think... I See, what I'm trying to... buttering you up here. Before we get to your favourite movie, James Bond, we are tackling... Sony are planning a Marvel Silk live-action series. Interesting. Mm. Very, very interesting. In fact, Sony so, is planning this. Yeah, um, we had uh, Olivia Wilde was directing a Spider Woman movie a few weeks yeah. ago, um, and so now it has come out that Sony are going to continue to exploit the Spider Man characters because they all have them. <laughs> exploit is a great word. There. Exploit is a good word. Um, just before they lose them, and Silk, aka Cindy Moon, was touted as a possibility for a movie back in twenty eighteen. But it now appears that the studio is looking to make her the first live-action series that they do. Now, Sean, what is the story with Silk? Who is Cindy Moon? Sin- okay, Cindy Moon uh, was bitten by the same spider that bit Peter Parker. What are the odds on that? Ah, uh, look, it's, very, it's a very active spider. You wouldn't... Just- all of New York. And so, I think she gets locked up in a lab or some shit like that and studied. Mm. And then Spider-Man one day gets like a sense, his spider sense goes off and he's like, oh, this is weird, I'm going to follow this. Follows it to the lab, finds Cindy Moon, and they immediately start banging because apparently they're like so connected that they just want to bang each other all the time. What? Uh, yeah, it's really weird. And is, it, is MJ involved in this? Is she I happy don't know with it? I she is at that point. And I can't <laughs> imagine she would be, first of all. <laughs> she wouldn't be too pleased, regardless. Not at all, not at all. No. But, you know, and so Silk, Cindy Moon takes the name Silk, uh, and her costume, originally, her costume is made of webs. Like, she just webs costume onto herself. And that would be That would be unpractical when you have to stop another crime. It really would. It it doesn't help, uh, but you know. It, look, in terms of the word exploit, very tight fitting, and I like. I I think at the minute she's like much more her own character and more established. But for a while there, t- t- based on my reading of it, she was just like, oh, it's it's it's. She, she was bitten by the same spider as Peter, so she's entirely tied to Peter now. Right, so her identity came through Peter rather than through who she was. Which, if that is the case, it's a good thing that she's the first live-action series because that would be a great way to maybe build her up as her own person. Absolutely. And the thing is, like, if you do it like that, you get to see all the, like... Because in the in the comics, she just kind of... She gets bitten by a spider, she gets put in a lab, right? But we get we would get to see all of that and see what she goes through. And, like, get a rapport with this character. And you can even say, if you were a diehard, like, no, it's only Peter Parker I'll accept in a live-action series. You can just say it's happening side-by-side to what's happening to Peter. Because it literally did happen. We just never saw it. They're on the same school tour. And the spider bites both of them. I don't know if they're on the same school tour. I think they were just in the vicinity of each other on the day. Okay. Okay, well, actually, good uh, fact I have is that Tiffany Epson, uh, Ep- Epinson, I think, played the character in Spider-Man Homecoming. Now, she played Cindy Moon, but she was not down as Silk. 
So she's in the universe that Sony have already created. Right, okay. Interesting. Um, and another point is that being pro- who are producing this is Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Oh, give it to me. Give it to me, I want yeah. it. Yeah. They are producing as part of their overall deal with the studio uh, alongside Spider Stewart Amy Pascal. So they have basically set all this up that they are doing Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and then from that they're going to be doing all of these live action films or movies or films or TV shows and so Silk will be their TV show that they are producing. Now that's a lot to take on for Lord and Miller but they are very talented men and when it comes to Spider-Man I think Spider-Verse has showed us they know what they're doing. Yeah, specifically in relation to like more minor Spider-Man characters that people might not have heard of. Also, you can't go too wrong if it's a minor character. I don't mean that in a derogatory way to the character. I mean in terms of like Iron Man had the same thing. Like when they did the first Iron Man, a lot of people didn't give a shit about Iron Man in the comic books. A lot of people didn't like him. So when they changed a few of his points or his origins to match the movie, they didn't care. It was just kind of like, okay, cool. But then you see the portrayal on cinema, you're like, well, that's amazing. Because they change it to suit the movie. They could do the exact same thing with Silk. Like, you could change minor things. Because people aren't going to be as angry over minor things. You keep a lot of the same origin, obviously. But you can change one or two things. Not not like, say if you change Batman and his parents don't die. I, pe- I think people are going to notice that a lot more. Than if you change the background of Silk. Yeah, like it was... Uh, it was like when the Guardians of the Galaxy were coming about. People were yeah, like, they, nobody gave a shit, like... Yeah, who the fuck are these guys? And then the comics retroactively changed to be more like the movies because it was so popular. Mm. And I, that's always the case. It, it depends on which way you go, but the comics will normally reflect what's happening on screen. So if they change bits of Silk's backstory that makes her maybe her own person, that she's not, not so linked to Peter Parker, that's, can, that can only be a positive that they will then take into the comics. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, a series is nice because you get the time to really develop things, you know? It's not just, oh, let's cram everything, including an origin, into a two-hour movie. Mm. And I don't think people would see a Silk movie at this present moment. I think I, I think they'd see a Spider-Verse movie where you, maybe you throw all of these characters in, but if you just put out a Silk movie, I think people are still very much involved in the Tom Holland Spider-Man trilogy, they've only done two of them they kind of are waiting for the third one to come out bring some finality to that then move on to this Yeah, I think that's the next piece of Spider-Man media people are waiting for, that and maybe Spider-Verse 2 Yeah um, Okay, so we are finishing off this week, Sean, with the big one No, the we just had a nice release. discussion about Spider-Man A nice discussion about Spider-Man I tricked you, I don't give a shit about Spider-Man What no. I care about is 007, the coolest man James oh. Bond There's a new trailer for No yeah. Time to Die The movie that just won't ever come out It's the release date of Novo- November 12th Or November 20th if you're in the US we have a new trailer, Sean. It's got all of our favourite characters back. Daniel Craig, DC, back as the super spy we know and love. Yeah. Jeffrey Wright is in this. Christoph Waltz, Ralph Fiennes. I mean, it's all good stuff. Absolutely. Sean, where do you want to start? Cast. Uh, this movie looks the same as all other Bond <laughs> movies of the last ten years. <laughs> but somehow, worse. Somehow. <laughs> I have all of the action written here. I think they put all of the movie's action into the trailer. Yeah, like it's just, it's a series of like disconnected explosions, fights, car chases, guns and weird masks. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of, there's a lot going on though. A lot of explosions, a lot of guns, a lot of crashes. So I'm all all about that, Sean. You know me. Expendables is my favourite movie. Um, is it so, not really. It is. <laughs> um, what do you think of uh, Anna de Arms? Uh, Armas is in this. She's really good. Um, I loved her in uh, Knives Out, and it's pretty cool seeing her in this. But is there how? What are the chances that she turns out to be evil? And how much is it a hundred percent? Oh, that's like a definite. I just. <laughs> 
<laughs> this new character that we've never seen before, and there, there's a mystery and revenge involved. And she Definitely walks in wearing evil. a ball gown. There's a ball gown and she can do kung fu. Yeah. No fucking way. She's a spy for the opposition. <laughs> uh, definitely. Oh, she's dressed in all black. That's a, that's a dead giveaway. <laughs> he gets fooled by this every time. Every time. James Bond is an idiot. <laughs> no, this one, this one I think she's fine. I mean, she knows kung fu as well, but I think this one's going to be okay. Oh, she, she's also an alcoholic. Perfect. <laughs> oh, yes. Is that like um, a requisite, this, do you think, of joining the double O program? You have to be an alcoholic and fall for anyone in a ball gown. Yeah, yeah, I think that's... Mm. It's on the personality mm. test. Yeah. What do you think of ball gowns? Ah, I can give or take them. Get out. <laughs> no, they Leave. just kill you there. Like... <laughs> Um, the, what I want to start with is we see the big stunt again. Uh, I'm calling the big stunt the bit where he jumps off the the wall and he like swings along on the rope and then he smashes down to the ground. I think that's all the same action sequence as say when we see the car spinning around shooting yes. a lot. It's I think that's the first ten minutes, surely. Yeah, because they do all they always open it up and then. Like they open up with a big, big set piece to get to get everyone hooked, and then mm. something happens to Bond, and he usually blacks out, and then the credits roll, and you get the Bond song or whatever it is. <laughs> and we now have him walking down a tunnel and turning and shooting without. It doesn't even have to be fake. He's walking down an actual tunnel. Uh, who, whoever predicted that that would be the most exciting thing of the trailer? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have some of the quotes here. The past yeah. isn't dead. That's pretty good. Ooh, and just alive. to follow that up with, just just to follow that up, we see Blofeld, and he's like, we meet again, James. I'm always the enemy. Don't worry about it. Um, James is like, no, it's not you. It's going to be a combination of Anna de Armas, who is in a ball gown, and I've got an enemy who's got some sort of facial feature that may, might be cut. He might have a scar. He might oh. have some sort of facial, just just the grotesque features. You leave Ray Fiennes alone. <laughs> uh, he doesn't even have a nose. Get away from me, Ray. Um, Rami, no, yeah. Malek Rami is Malek. the villain. Yeah, I think I, he's a good villain. I think he's a good villain, but I don't know like how much can you carry with like eyes and a weird face. I mean, he can carry a lot. He does a lot with those eyes and a weird face. I uh, look if not that his like regular face is weird. His face is all cut up in this, but. Mm. I, Do you think the face is cut up because James did it to him? I d- I think he might be injured in like an explosion or something. Mm. That James explosion Bond caused, caused by James. Yeah, it's, explosion it's, caused by James. It's the diamond face uh, scenario. <laughs> it's just a big loop. Um, if anyone who likes James Bond is listening to this, I feel like we're shitting on it a lot. But I don't think it's because we don't like James Bond. We're just. We're probably not as interested in James Bond. No, and I'm so completely this, indifferent to James Bond. Watching this, we can only watch it from maybe just a completely neutral point of view going, this seems very similar to all of the other films. And that's not a bad thing, okay? Lots of films have formulas. God knows most of our favourite films are formulaic messes. But... True. This, this formula wears very thin very quickly, in my opinion. What do you think of um, the new 007? Uh, good. I mean, we don't see a lot of her, but I think it's pretty decent. Yeah, do you it's th- a nice, it's a good idea. Yes, it is. And do you think that it, this is Daniel Craig's last outing, correct? Yeah, he hates James Bond. He yeah. hates it a lot more than we do. <laughs> so do you think this is like a soft intro to the new Bond or they won't stick with it? No, I think they'll back out. Ah. I think originally they were going to bring her in as uh, the new 007, but I I will say that maybe some of the YouTube comments I've read today are not very nice, um, and I think they'll back out of it, they'll shit themselves, and they'll be like, no, we don't want this, let's go back to men, because ah, they yeah. can only be James Bond. I forgot all production companies are cowards, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. They're like they're gonna to pretend to do something that's progressive, and then they're gonna back the fuck out of it. 
Yeah. Someone on YouTube commented, this looks like a cross between Thunderball, License to Kill, and The World is Not Enough. Which I think mm. you can apply that to every James Bond movie ever made. <laughs> this is a cross between Casino Royale, Spectre, and Thunderball. <laughs> Again. Th- oh, Thunderball is key to the <laughs> whole operation. It's always the one link that does all together. Um, yeah, and then, I mean... I like the love the shooting the car after the flip. You know when the car flips over and then he just doesn't break straight and just starts shooting straight into the car. I just thought that was a cool bit. <laughs> I love. I'm sure there'll be a lot of cool bits in this film. I think it'll be really good stunts, like really good stunts, really good action. And ironically, it's in a movie that a lot. I think they'll probably put a lot of work into it, but I don't know if the story is going to be able to back up the stunts. Yeah, I, I, it, and there, look, there's something to be said for showmanship. That's fair enough. But I, I think you have to, as you say, back it up with a solid story. And I would love to be proved wrong. I would love if this turned out to be the best Bond movie. And it's probably going to be nominated for some stuff because it's one of the few movies that came out this year. It's one of seven movies that came out, so it's either this or Bad Boys 3 for best movie at the Oscars next year. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, come on. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog is a lock, anyway. <laughs> so you've got Sonic in, you've got you've got this, you've got yeah. Bad Boys 3, you've got Tenet, and you've got New Mutants. No, they'll still somehow snub New Mutants. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, there were six uh, nominations, but they only put in five. <laughs> and like, Dudes, come on! And Sonic again. <laughs> Sonic twice. No, Tenet twice. Tenet and Christopher Nolan's other movie, Tenet again. Tenet, but backwards, so it's still Tenet. Yeah, t- Tenet, the re-release of Tenet, but backwards. The means like, fuck's sake. Um, so, Sean, do you want to see this movie? I mean, very good cast. Looks very cool. Good action. Good cast. They're two good positives. Uh, I'll be saving my money to watch Mulan. Uh, on December 4th. I'm going to pay for it. If this wasn't a James Bond movie, would you be more interested? The exact same cast, the exact same trailer. Do you know what? Maybe. If it wasn't tied into the whole like mythos and uh, canon of James Bond, I think I might care more about this. I just, I was just thinking about that. Like, if this didn't have James Bond at the end, maybe it just had, like, Guns Up, <laughs> the action movie, coming this summer, right? Um, guns, guns Up, everyone's favourite movie. Guns Up. Guns Up, perps down. That's what they say, right? That's re- that is what the police say. <laughs> That's what the people say. <laughs> guns Up, Bang Bang is what this is called. And it's coming out in November. But it, if at the end of this, there was an action movie, Daniel Craig, Jeffrey Wright, Anna de Armas, you've got uh, Ray Fiennes, I mean... Rami Malek. That's a st- Rami Malek playing the villain. Guns up, bang, bang. I would go see that movie. I think I might too. That's mm. the thing. Especially if That's it was called Guns sign. Up, Bang, Bang. <laughs> Guns up, bang, bang. Tagline, back in the habit. Sometimes this time I die. Sometimes I die a little. Inside. Inside, don't be mean to me. It's just Daniel Craig, just a one-man show. Guys, stop being mean. It's, look, this movie has had a rough run of it. Uh, if it had a, I, We wouldn't be talking about it like this if it had come out when it was intending to come out, which I think was April yeah. or May. Uh, uh, I think it was April. But now that it's like one of the few movies coming out, I feel there's much more of an eye on it. Yes. Um, so that brings us to an end for Movie Mondays this week, Shad. Um <gasps> What a week. It, what a week. Um, so would you like to take us out? Yes, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays uh, and for listening to my blood pressure rapidly increase as we went through stories. <laughs> you could hear it on the microphone. It's a very good <laughs> microphone. <laughs> It's so good. It picks up emotions. That's how good it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, we will be back on Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, Friday with Hero or Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. Big thank you to everyone who supports us over on Patreon. Uh, Charlotte Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley, Ryan Evanson, and Sean Jamieson. Thank you all so, so much for continuing to support the show. Uh, you help you make it easier every every week and you you boost our self-esteem 
and because Connor keeps trying to cut me down, he keeps saying things yeah. like, "Sean, your microphone yeah. is turned off." Sean, yeah. record the show. We've done this three times already, and it really yeah. hurts. I must say. <laughs> well, if you would just record the show, guys, then it he's, doing it again. he's doing oh, it again. He's doing it again. Oh, that's that's pretty cringe, bro. <laughs> <laughs> my feelings are hurt bro it's not nice bro uh so yeah there's a link in the description to the patreon or it's patreon.com slash here's for higher podcast if you're interested we're on all of the social medias and if you have any questions at all here's for higher underscore at outlook.com is how you can contact us uh but i think that's about it connor i think that's it next week 100 episode oh it's my god episode. spectacular oh, um, it's so- 100 weeks <laughs> 100 weeks so I've been Connor Lawler I've been Sean Mean we'll see you next week guys bye how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.